There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Clap is back. No, wait, hang on. No, <laughs> no. no hang on. No, we'll yeah, keep we'll... it in. It's fine. It's fine. It is fine. Um, guys, welcome to another special interview. Um, I'm, do you know what? I'm, I'm not even going to introduce her because last night on the Nathan Rooney uh, interview, she forgot to introduce her co-host. So instead, I'm just going to go straight into it. We're joined by uh, current Doncaster player on loan from Wrexham. We're joined by Billy Waters. Billy, how are you doing? I'm very well, thank you. How's you? How are you? Yeah, I'm good. Um, I wish I weren't doing this alone. I'd say, oh, (laughs) 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 Hannah's here. Um, Welcome, Hannah, as well. Thank you. Thank you. It's good. It's good. It's It's, it's cold out, so everyone's, I'm nice and toasty in my my mum's box room, as they call it on Twitter, but it's not. Um, So we're going to just have a, a little bit of a chat about your career, really, about where you've been, where you're going, what you're doing now. Um, obviously, there's 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 two stories to your season, two clubs that are kind of at the polar opposites when it comes to how they're running and how they're operating, and you want to know a bit about both of them. So, mm. sh- should we should we just jump straight in and just just do it? Let's go for it. Yeah, I'm I'm excited. Me. Um, so I'm sorry. I've, I've randomly I go. We were talking about where you lived. I've got a map of your hometown up on my screen because I was just looking at where it was. <laughs> I've heard of it. I've heard of it, but I didn't know where it was. But I know now. But we will we will go into that. Um, first off, first and foremost, whenever I meet someone called Billy, the real name's William. Right. Yours ain't, is it? It is not, no. It's, and I was amazed by this because I actually think you've got an, a, a really unique name, but it just wasn't what I expected. So you are, yeah. you, you are Billy by name, as in like that's what you, everyone calls you. But what would you? What's your full name? Oh, I think we may have lost him. Are we back? Can you hear me? He's gone. We'll start again when he comes back, Hannah. Wait, is his first name that bad? Like that this is a 
like it's that bad that he doesn't want to admit to it, so he's just ended the interview. I hope not. It's on Wikipedia. <laughs> I missed that. Let me go and have a look. No, don't. Hannah, this all is right. all going in the podcast. I'm not editing this out, by the way. No, no, Guys, it's fine. Billy Wong will um, be back. This is also, but what flavour have you got? Okie door. Oh, nice. Classic. Give me that yeah, salmonella. Nice. Um, yeah, he's back. He's back. I'm so sorry. My don't hit, listen, we're not even editing that out because we've, we went into a, a conversation about cookie dough or Ben and Jerry's. So we... Oh, nice. We are, we're professional here. We are yeah, I love that. Yeah, sorry, we... my girlfriend uh, started FaceTiming me and it completely froze me out. Oh, so. Give her the link. Give her the link. Get her, <laughs> the Get her in, yeah. <laughs> um, we had one episode where it was just me and Hannah and I disconnected halfway through and Hannah oh, just no. had to carry on the conversation while <laughs> my entire computer rebooted. Oh, yeah, it was good. But, we, um, yeah. Hannah, when when I asked you that question and then it disconnected, I asked what you you know what your full name was and you disconnected. Hannah was like, "Is it is it that bad?" It's like he's just he's just ended it. I was like, "I hope not." It's on Wikipedia. Yeah, um, no, it's uh, it's a bit mad because my actual my actual name is Bill. It's not even Billy. That's awesome. It's, that's yeah, such, so, a, it's um, such an old man's name. It is. Yeah, because uh, my grandpa was William Joe Thomas. Um, yeah. So he was known as Billy Joe, and obviously, so my mum wanted to call me after him, but then called me Bill. So I was like, well, why did you never just call me Billy? Um, and then it was because she liked Bill Henry. Um, and then Penna, my other name is, that was my other granddad's middle name. So, yeah, bit of a bit of a cocktail for a name, to be honest. It, it, it is. Where's my pen? So can you just, can I just have... Your mother's maiden name and the last three digits on the back of your card and the street you grew up on as well, because we're going through. I've got a lot of information here. Um, guys, we'll sell the data online later. We'll do a little auction. Um, yeah, it was just, I don't, I expected to see William. I didn't, obviously. Yeah. Um, or even Billy. Like, lots of kids, I've got 10-year-old twins, and a lot of parents have used shorter versions because they don't ever want their kid to be called Matilda so they're Tilly or you know yeah, yeah. that makes sense but yeah yeah so yeah I'm I'm, I'm, I'm big with I, obviously I've got I've got children and I I struggle with names because they sound great when they're a baby but then you think right how how are they going to do as a as an adult uh, with that an name? adult yeah. yeah and it's like yeah. It's like people are primrose. I don't. I mean, I'm no offense to anyone called primrose, but I'm like, if there's a kid called that, it's like, oh, it's a little girl. It's a, and then it's like, oh, 23 years old going for a job interview, and I'm like, oh no, Hannah sat there because she because she knows a primrose. I'm guessing. Actually, we've just we've just lost the primrose audience. By the way, <laughs> they're never coming Great. back. They're gone. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, look, let's 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 jump in. So. Yeah, I, I'm looking here. So your career, it has you down as, as as coming up through Cruise Academy. But we look at the years that it says that you were there, and I'm, I'm guessing you were there a lot longer before that because it has you down at Crew for only two years, 2013, 2015. But I'm guessing that's your that's your full career time, isn't it? That's that's when you become a pro. When yeah. did you join Crew? How old were you? Uh, so I was ten. Um, oh, was I 10 or was I a bit older? Basically, we used to live down in Silverstone um, in oh. Northamptonshire. Um, so I was at Northampton Centre of Excellence. And then my dad's work just took us up north to Nantwich. Um, 
So my dad just got in touch with crew and just said, look, you know, we've had to move up here. Um, my son was at Northampton. He wasn't released, but, you know, my work's mm. taken us up here. We give him a trial. So crew were like, yeah, 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 of course. Uh, went and did the trial. Didn't get in. Um, so I went to Stoke. So my dad did the same thing with Stoke, basically. And I, <laughs> to be honest with you, I didn't really want to do it because I just moved up and moving up at that age is tough anyway. Mm. Yeah. Um, and I didn't want to do it. My, I think my dad felt so bad because he'd taken me away from a club yeah. that I loved in Northampton at that age. Um, so I went to Stoke and I loved it. Um, they signed me and I think I was there for about a year and we played crew in an academy game and um, yeah, I think we beat them like 6-2 I think and I scored two because I used to play centre mid back then right. um, and then crew basically approached my mum and dad and said like we want him back um, <laughs> so I ended up going back and yeah so I was probably there from about the age of 11 till till 20. Wow and the thing is as well that that time was when crew's academy was like the academy wasn't it? Like, yeah. That, that was well, that was the thing again, because then crew came into me, and obviously, I was eleven, and I loved it at Stoke. Like I loved yeah. it at Stoke, and then, but you know, with the distance, I mean, it was only probably half an hour from where we lived. But crew's training ground was because they train in Nantwich pretty much. It was five minutes from mum and dad's, so I'm right. thinking about that, and also the, you know, my dad said the reputation of crew's academy is, you know, yeah. incredible. So, um, yeah, went for it, and. Uh, and the rest is history. So would you say you're a Northampton fan? Are you, is that who you support? Do you have no. a team you support? Or do you, yeah, I'm it... a Man, Man United fan. Right. Yeah, I think right. I got bought a kit when I was about six years old, and that was that. I mean, to be fair, we can relate to Man United, Hannah, because they, as it stands this last few years, they play like a League Two side. <laughs> so yeah. we can we can kind of you know we can we can we can we understand what their fans feel and we know <laughs> it's it, the the raw passion of it yeah, um, yeah. Ah, so, so just randomly bought a man united kit and it, it's just stuck i think so yeah i think i like beckham so i got bought a kit and then my dad took me to old trafford and did a stadium tour for my birthday and uh yeah from from then on i was just i was just hooked so i was the same like i obviously grew up a bradford fan had bradford players but david beckham was like yeah it, there was just it, there's no there was no comparison it's just golden money yeah he still is yeah genuinely he still is like i, I watched the documentary that was on netflix and like just, just so still, in, still in awe of him yeah. it's like he's not kicked a ball in, in well, <laughs> this is the thing. charlotte watched it at the airport when we were delayed and she was Charlotte plays football and she was absolutely incredulous about this man that she'd never seen play football before. She's like, Mum, he's amazing! Yeah. My David Beckham story's not as uh, heartwarming as yours because I also did the Old Trafford tour um, mm. on the day he left. <laughs> oh, no. I didn't know we were at Old Trafford when it was announced and it came on all the screens. But, like, obviously... Being quite young, and we were on a school trip, and it was like being quite young, it was like, I wonder if any players will be there. And like in my back of my mind, I'm going, I, I, I've got to be there. I can mm. just imagine. I've got like slight chance, knew it was never going to happen, but just like imagine if. But yeah. and then it came up on the screens, and it was just like, oh, he's gone. <laughs> like right we in front there. of me. We were there the day that Ronaldo announced that he was leaving. So maybe we wow. should stay away from yeah. Old Trafford's stadium tours. Which time was that? 
first or second. The, no, the second because I took some Americans and Charlotte's there wearing a county shirt. Like I've got a picture of her in Old Trafford, like giggling because she's. You know. <laughs> I I witnessed his last game, Ronaldo's at, at Old Trafford. Um, <laughs> really? Yeah, which was which was it was West Ham at home, I think last season. Just, yeah, uh, yeah, was, yeah I think season. it would have been November. I think yeah, the yeah. Americans were over, so it would have been around then. Yeah, it was oh. the day after we we lost to. Oh, sorry. Uh, did we lose? Yeah, we lost to Crawley at home, and I went with Crawley's owners to Old Trafford. Oh, yeah. It was so hard to sit and just you know, when the people who own the club that's just beat you the day before are uh, like <laughs> uh, celebrating and having a right good time, and I'm sat there like I don't support Man United here <laughs> because it's free. I'm actually quite happy that I'm in the director's box, and like you've got, I had. Um, Brian Robson, Gary Pallister in there, wow. and I'm like, that's great. And then Tyrone from Coronation Street, he was there as well. Oh, nice. Um, you know, levels. So, yeah. <laughs> Tyrone, but, good guy. Yeah. Oh, he's, uh, to be fair, bit, bit, bit of a, yeah, not not my cup of tea. He weren't, he weren't really too friendly. Um, good, bit, good mechanic, though, to be fair to him. Yeah. Uh, I've, I've, I've heard. Um, you can't get on the street. <laughs> it's always booked. Try it. <laughs> Um, going, going back to it then, because you know we're here for a reason. But yeah. we've gone all around houses here now with Ben and Jerry's a disconnect. Uh, Man United, Ronaldo, it's great. So yeah. do it. Yeah. So you're you're at Crew. You're there from a young age. Is there anyone that's at Crew at that time that that sort of has gone on and become like quite well known in the game and has done really well for themselves? Is there anyone that really stood out for you at your time in that Crew Academy? Oh, hundred percent. Yeah, Nick Powell. I was just going to say, because we interviewed David Artell a while ago, and uh, yeah, he was talking about Nick Powell as well. I, I've just, I honestly have never seen somebody as good as him since, really? since being in football. Yeah, genuine. Um, I well, played golf next him. Saturday. Oh, I know, yeah. I played golf with him actually a, a few months back, and I hadn't seen him in years, but it was, uh, it was really good to see him and catch up. Um, but yeah, it, I mean... Yeah, he just he just had it all. Um but he was he was a year above me. Um but there's there's loads of players still in the game that mm. that were in and around, you know, sort of my age group. Um yeah. so uh yeah, we we had yeah, there was always good players coming through crew. Um yeah. but I think uh, even when I was at crew I was never in every age group you get certain kids that you know, you can tell the coaches they love them. They sort of nurture them a little bit. I was sort of never really one of them. I was always sort of in the middle, really. Um, so that's why I sort of had to had to work harder, really. Um, and it wasn't until I started getting involved with the first team that I got taken out of centre mid and then pushed into more of a, an attacking role. Did you? Oh, go on, Hannah. Sorry. No, no, no. I was just going to say, does that that kind of having to hustle a little bit, having to put a shift in do you think that's kind of stead you in put you in good stead for the rest of your career or is it something that you kind of resented at the time no I never resented it um I mean I think part of me because I remember when I, I signed my first professional contract with with crew mm -hmm. and it was it was the, the literally the day I signed or the day I got told that I was being given a professional contract and to be honest with you um in my second year as a scholar, I'd been on the bench a few times for the first team, and I'd had a good season. And I was thinking, as soon as I was on the bench for the first team a few times, I thought, well, I'm 100% getting a, getting a pro. Yeah. So when my professional deal came, 
it, it wasn't, I don't want to sound big-headed, but it wasn't really a surprise. Mm-hmm. Um, but then when I, when I went into the office, Steve Davis was just sort of like, listen, the hard work starts now. I'm, I'm your biggest fan. Everybody else was basically saying, don't give him a pro. All the other wow. coaching staff, that's what I got told. So it was a bit of like a, wow, <laughs> didn't see that coming. Because um, I thought like a few of the coaches you know, really liked me, but yeah, I don't know what it was, maybe, I, I don't know, it was just... It might have I, been a tactic. It could have been, yeah. Like, um, yeah, yeah, but I, I don't know if it was or, or what, but uh, yeah, I, I'll always remember that because I thought, like, I felt after that point, like I was constantly having to prove myself. Um, Is that a good yeah, thing, though? Well, right, yeah. So did they not... Did he not give you any any feedback as to why they were saying that at all? No, I think it was just a bit of a probably a throwaway comment for him. It was just like you know I'm yeah. the biggest fan. Everybody else wanted to get like said you know don't don't give him a pro. So you know, but I'm the I'm the I'm the manager. So obviously the manager's opinion is the most important because ultimately he picks the teams. Um, but yeah, I always felt like a you know I I was doing well and I couldn't really figure out why other people would want to get rid of me basically <laughs> so yeah it is what it is humbled you though didn't it think about that, oh, that. imagine where you'd have gone because it, it could have gone the opposite way like if you'd had that that thing of like thinking that it was guaranteed and then like no one had made, really given you any negatives to it then mm. you could have really gone mm. the, the opposite way um yeah 100%, which... yeah i think there's a there's a fine balance in there to yeah. to everything um but uh, yeah, you're right. Yeah, it could have easily happened. Yeah, it's yeah. well. So you're at Crew, and first first season, you were injured pre-season. Did you take up quite a big knee injury in the first pre-season that you had that as a as a pro? No, no. Oh, this is lying to me. Yeah. Oh, well, do yeah. you know what? Before, when you said about Wikipedia, I was like, "Well, Wikipedia oh, we always laugh at we always, <laughs> we always laugh at this. We always laugh at this, but I I go with it because then it creates funny moments. Yeah, um, yeah, no. yeah, it's 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 mad. It's it's like um, it's like David Artell wasn't part of the Jackson Five, but it was on Wikipedia. We had to go with it, um, and I was like, "I'm saying it." Um, do you know what, Hannah? Why, why don't we go with right? Because now we now we know Wikipedia is is basically throwing us under the bus a lot, which is fine. Um, why don't we go with what we read, and let's we can we can we'll make it a little bit fun before we go into the rest of his career because I know that you're excited, Hannah. Cause well, we could I do Cheltenham, too. and then it comes in between Cheltenham and Northampton. Oh, oh so, okay. so you, you've got a specific. So you've given oh, it away yeah. now. I've got you've receipts and everything. <laughs> right, Hannah. Get on with Cheltenham then. Right. So, (laughs) left crew in 2015, not having had a knee injury and having a year on the sidelines. Right. Can Mm -hmm. we? Can we just? Can we? Can we clarify this? Right. No, it didn't. I didn't say the year on the sidelines. Yeah, but that's what it says in here, pretty much. Oh, does it say that? It says Water suffered a knee injury. Knee injury during a pre-season friendly match, and despite recovery, spent the first half of the season. Yeah, he said you were out injured and you were you were playing reserve games because of your injury. So you didn't. No, I was literally to be my first year was just trying to get on the bench as much as possible and maybe make my debut. So it wasn't till the second year. Oh, I think, did I make my debut in the first year? I think I might have done. Um, Supposedly on the 26th of December, uh, November against Carlisle. Carlisle, yeah, that's correct. Um, Yeah, so then I was, yeah, sort of just, I was just happy to be in and around it as much as possible. And then the second year is when I started, I think I started the first 13 games of the season. Right, well, 
the good thing about Wikipedia is I've just taken it out. Oh, nice. <laughs> so you were no longer injured. So it's done now. No one's going to make that mistake again. We're doing God's work here. It feels better already. Thank you. Yeah, it does. It feels great. Yeah. It feels great. Yeah. Um, and you're also not a member of the Jackson 5 either. I'll take that out. <laughs> Uh, yeah. So yeah, sorry. Continue, Anna. Continue. No, no, that's good. Uh, so June 2015, you go to Cheltenham just on a year, and are so incredible that they end up extending your contract, and you were there for well until 2017. But again, according to Wikipedia, mm. 83 appearances, 23 mm. goals. That sound about right? 83 appearances, 23 goals. Uh. That's, would have, that's, would have, that's yeah, in the league. Would have been yeah, twenty three league goals. That's correct. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah, it's, so, it's ninety six and twenty seven overall. Yeah, yeah. No, um, no. I loved it, Cheltenham, because uh, Crew had just released me, mm. um, and to be honest with you, I'd been released out of League One. Um, so I thought, I'd, listen, I was young. I was only nineteen, twenty, and I thought that hundred percent I'd be getting a a League Two club at least. So when my agent at the time rang me and said, Cheltenham want you, I thought, Cheltenham? And haven't they just been relegated into the conference, National League? And he was like, yeah, yeah. And I was thinking, absolutely not. I look back now and laugh at myself because yeah. it was unbelievable how I even got Cheltenham. Um, and Gary Johnson was the manager and he was just, he was brilliant. I mean, it was the first time living away from home. And um, yeah, the first time I met him, he said, look, I'll either make you or I'll break you. Um, so and I didn't mind that, like he did. Yeah, certainly mm-hmm. from a from a boy to a man, really. So um, yeah, it was a unbelievable two years. I loved it there. And you you chose chose to leave at the end of there. So you saw them get promoted back to the national league in your first oh, year God, there, the league, and then league, league two, promoted back to league two. Oh I mean, yes, what did I say? I meant the, the football league, league as opposed yeah. to the national league. Listen, professional, oh. professional, and this is going exactly as I thought it would. This is awesome. <laughs> Come on, Hannah. We're on it. A very long day. Um, you know the worst part, Billy? We've got a live show as well after this. <laughs> yeah, you're going to struggle with that. This is going to be a so live show. just just a mess anyway. It's good. Um, so, yeah. uh, but you, ch- you chose to move at that point. Was that, you know, to, to go back into, were you looking for League One? Was it a, a change? What kind of prompted that move away from Channel? Because you, you loved it there, but they loved you too in yeah. terms of the accolades and the awards that you won while you were there. Yeah, no, I think it it was never a club that I wanted to leave in terms of I loved it there, I loved the fans, I loved playing there, uh, and I loved living there as well. I think that was the biggest part. Cheltenham in itself was, well, I just loved living there. Um, but obviously I had the opportunity to, to go to League One, to Northampton on a, on a three-year deal. I mean, I just couldn't turn that down. Um, and I'd met with Justin Edinburgh, and I just, I, I loved him from the start I just thought it'll be brilliant for me um so yeah it was a nervous call to Gary Johnson to basically say I won't be signing um well, that's the first he, time you've had to do it isn't it that's the first time you've had to deliver the news yeah basically well I, my agent just said like look I'll ring him but I'd, I had that much respect for him and I felt like we had a good relationship so I said no I'll speak to him um so I was actually on holiday and he doesn't know this, but it was he told me to ring about two o'clock in the afternoon, and I was so nervous because he'd just been hounding me all like, "What's happening, Bill? What are you doing? What are you doing?" So I went to the bar and just ordered a shot of tequila, <laughs> <laughs> mixed it, and then uh, rang him. And yeah, I thought I was going to get 
get an earful from him, but he was just like, oh, yeah, yeah, it's Northampton, isn't it? Yeah, brilliant. That's brilliant for you, Bill. Like, uh-huh. congratulations. So, um, yeah, yeah. It, was, uh, it was all good. That's the thing. You worked hard to get them back to where they needed to be, didn't they? So you, you'd kind of done what they brought you in to do as well. Like, they brought you in to be that guy. You did it. Yeah. And yeah. You, you, you got your reward for it. Yeah, 100%. I think in the first year, I'd, I'd played the majority of the games and scored 11 goals um, by Christmas. And then we signed a good mate of mine, Dan Holman, from Woking. And he just came in and he was just, he was on fire. He was just dynamite. I think he scored 16 goals for us from January to the end of the season. Um, so I just couldn't get a game, basically. And then in the second year, it was like... I honestly was going back into that pre-season thinking I'm not going to play it. And then um, I did and then pretty much played played every game. And I think after that, I was like, I'm ready. I'm ready for a new challenge now. Um, yeah. So that's when Northampton happened. Nice. So... And when Northampton happened, you reached the heady heights of BBC News for your initiation song. <laughs> yeah, I did. Uh it was it was because we were in Spain on a uh, sort of preseason trip and um, we'd trained in the morning and because we had so many new players we sort of broke up the initiation so it was maybe like three at one dinner and then three at the next so mine was at lunchtime <laughs> on this day so we'd literally just had lunch and then I had to get up so I sang Dancing in the Moonlight and that was that and then, classic by the way yeah it's a great song um. And I think we were training again at like four o'clock. So what we usually do is eat and then go back up to your room, have a little bit of a nap mm-hmm. and then get ready for training again at four o'clock. And I went for a nap and then I woke up <laughs> and my phone was just pinging off. Like Twitter was just going. I was having so many. I was thinking, what's gone off here? And I went on in Northampton and obviously I didn't realise that they recorded it and then really? they put it online. And then, yeah, it just it just blew up, basically. Um, so now every club I go to, I actually had it today. Um, oh, well, no, we were going to ask, like, do you still do it? Do you, it's still the same song? Have you got a record uh, I've, I've mixed it up a couple of times, but now it's like, yeah, I'd probably just yeah do that every time now. Because I, <laughs> I, I actually hate doing it because like you go to a new club and people go, oh, you can sing, can't you? <laughs> and then I'm like, oh, uh, I don't mind a sing song. Like, like I don't... I don't want to. <laughs> yeah, like, you, oh yeah, yeah. So yeah, yeah, you might want to get this deleted off your Wikipedia as well, as well, because your entire your personal life page just says, in addition to football, Waters is also a talented singer. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, I wrote that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, yeah. So I I actually hate doing them. I find them. Yeah, I I don't enjoy doing them because lads are like, you must love doing them. I'm like, no, absolutely mm. not. No. So uh, yeah. But, uh, and you've got a reputation now. It's not like that first one where you stand up and no one's expecting it. Like we had it with um, Godwin Malifa at Swindon. He did mm. a John Legend one, and again was amazing. But you don't. It's it, it. It's the surprise of the people around him as yeah. much as his voice. It was um, your Susan Boyle moment, wasn't it? That's essentially <laughs> what it is. It, it, it was, yeah. And I, I, like even like Top Loader, um, the band. They, they followed they followed me on Twitter and, that, and I was like, oh, that's that's cool. <laughs> that's all you need. That's all you I know. need. I, know. Oh, I, I don't think they might have followed by anyone for anything that I've done. That's good. 
I don't think so. I don't even think Bradford City followed me. <laughs> <laughs> In fact, I don't even think I don't even think the Billy Bantam account follows me. It's a bit, a bit upsetting, really, isn't it? Um, well, the, the step up to League One comes. You end up at Northampton. Mm. Um, you you were. Uh, I'm going to leave it in there about you being a talented singer. Look, if you did it yourself, it's fine. We know now. We know that you did it in there. Um, it was it was just in Edinburgh that that brought you in, didn't it? Um, yeah. I'm guessing because of your age, it it they still had to pay a fee. Yeah, that... they had to pay some compensation. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. I don't I, I don't actually know how much it was, but I can't imagine <laughs> it would have been anything big. And it's it, yeah, it's to do with the number of years you've been there, and so I think going if Crew had offered you another deal and you'd rejected before you went to Cheltenham, I think they'd have had to pay quite a quite a big yeah. chunk. Yeah. Um, how do those work? Like when you when you come into the end of a as as a player when you're coming to the end of a contract, how at what stage do you start to feel a little bit uneasy? Because if certain clubs won't tell you till the end of the season, certain clubs might let you know a little bit earlier. But at what stage do you start to think, oh, I need to nearly kind of maybe assess my options here? And how does that work for you? Um, I'm not really sure. To be honest with you, I've never really been in a situation where other than other than crew and Torquay, where I've been thinking about that. Um, because... Like crew, I knew I was getting released, but I knew I was young enough, so I was going to get a chance somewhere else. And then Cheltenham, even in my first year, I knew I'd be getting offered, you know, another year at least. So it's yeah. always been like one of them where, I mean, well, we'll get to it, but like lockdown was the one where it was like, that's when I was just scrambling yeah. completely. Yeah. 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 I can I can imagine. Um, yeah. No. Well, Northampton, you, you said uh, Justin Edinburgh brought you in. Yeah. Is it six weeks? Six games. Six games. Six games. Six games. Yeah, I think after you after you joined, he ended up leaving, and then Jimmy Floyd Hasselbank comes in. Yeah. And from what I can tell, plays you out of position, does it a little bit of a different way. And mm. again, how does was it a position that you'd ever really had? You had much experience playing there, or was it was it something that he just kind of sprung on you, or was there a conversation? Did you feel that it was something you could do, or you wanted to do, or yeah, because I, I like he literally just when I did play for him, he just played me on the wing, and I played on the wing, you know, mm. countless times in my career. Um, I think the thing for me was I loved just Justin. He was he was just brilliant for me. So when he got mm. sacked, I was like, oh my days! Like I've committed three years, mm-hmm. and he was a big part of me choosing Northampton. Yeah, and. But then obviously it was like Jimmy Floyd Hasselbunk's coming in. So I thought, well, that, that's incredible. Like he was a striker, yeah. like he's going to be brilliant. Um, and yeah, it just it just never really happened. I mean, the only thing I say about Jimmy is like I played a game. We played Rochdale away and I hadn't played. So he came in. I don't think I played for the first three weeks. And then I started at Rochdale away. And after the like, I think we ended up drawing it 3-3. But after the game, he was just wax lyrical about me. He was like in the press then he pulled me he even said it in front of all the boys so I was getting a bit of banter like wow Gaffer's new son and this that and then I was like yeah gets to the Saturday and he pulls me at pre-match at lunch and says I'm gonna look I know I've been bigging you up all week but I'm gonna start you on the bench today and I was just absolutely baffled um 
and then I again I didn't play for about three weeks um and then I played Oxford away <laughs> I had a good game and uh yeah then I got I got dropped again so I just it was always one of them where I was like I, I honestly look back and think there's nothing more I really could have done yeah. um with the one-off games that I had but he was good. Like I, I still, I still liked him. I got on with him. But when it got to the January, I was just so ready to just get out on loan, basically. Yeah, yeah. No, it makes yeah. It's, it's a. I find that so bizarre because we see it happening this season. And I, I actually, I asked Pete Wilde when we when we interviewed Pete Wilde because, um, he's done that with Whitfield on mm. on a few occasions. He did it last season. He's done it this season. It was like, for me, um, the the two opportunities that. That Wits has had to come and play at Valley Parade, he's been benched for. Yeah, but he's actually played really well the week before, and it's yeah. like I, I couldn't wrap my head because, like, for me, I, I think if I'm a manager and I'm looking, just looking for that little bit extra, especially you know, without being being on, like being completely honest, you go to Valley Parade, seventeen, eighteen thousand people, mm. for a lot of players that are, have never or have always been around sort of this level. That's like, that's the, massive. The, yeah, it's yeah. huge, and it's yeah, it's yeah. got to be intimidating as well. I think for some, and some would freeze. Whereas, it, I think if you you're wanting that little bit of extra, mm. he'd have it because it's like that's his hometown club. His family are sat in the stands watching. And like I asked him, yeah. I said like, I said how do you do that? And he said, for him, he said he has two sets of players in his mind. He has players that can drag him through a game, mm. and then he has winners. Right. Who can come on and change it if it needs mm-hmm. to be doing? And he said, and Ben's essentially in that latter category. So he knew at Bradford it was a slog. Yeah. So he he put his he put his players out that he knew could essentially drag them through the the pressure that they were going to be put under. You know, they get used to the crowd. And then on both occasions, he's brought Wits off the bench. We've you've scored. Well, I say you because obviously you were there at the time, but you scored mm-hmm. within minutes. Yeah. Um. So it kind of worked, and I was like, oh. Mm-hmm. So I was kind of trying to say to him. I think that's a silly thing that you've done there. You've dropped one of your best players, and then, and then yeah. when he explained it, I was like, "Yeah, all right, fair play." Yeah, that, that, that's that why that you're makes... a manager. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, that's why you're a manager, and yeah, and I'm I'm sat here chicken. Yeah, doing yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm on the side as the chicken, um, but, but that's what it is, and it's like it, it yeah. is so. It's just like two completely different mindsets of how you would look at things, but yeah, like I remember just sort of asking that question, like. I was being nice about it. I'm like, how how mm. can you do that? And then he answered, I was like, yeah, oh, oh yeah, okay, Pete, that makes that makes a bit of sense. Like, he could literally rely on him to come off and, like, I think he thought it's like having a, it's like having a pit bull on, on a chain that's just dying to get off. And then yeah. like you're like, let wait and wait and then boom, it's gone. And and yeah, like I say, last season and this season, he's come off the bench and within minutes, he, the the winning goal's gone in and it's just it's infuriating because like, I know what's coming every single yeah. time now. Um, and do you get that as a player when you you know you've been sitting on the bench and you're watching the game kind of take place in front of you, but you can also see like it's sometimes easier as a spectator to have a more helicopter view. Mm. Is that common that you kind of you, you get on? You're like, right, I I know what I need to do. Yes, I've got my instructions, but I can see where the gaps are going to be, and you just go for it. Or is it? Yeah, I don't know. Look as much as anything else, fresh legs and. Yeah, I think uh, there's some there's some games where you you're on the bench and you're watching it thinking, oh, get me on! Like this is a this is a great game to be involved in. Um, but there's also those games where you're watching it and you're thinking, 
you always obviously want, you obviously always want to go on, but um, there are some games where you're thinking this is a this is a mean game to come on to, especially when it's like seventy. If you come on at seventy five minutes, it's the worst yeah. because you're just blowing. You don't catch your second wind. Um, <laughs> so yeah. <laughs> It, it it depends on the game, but yeah, there are some. Yeah, that that they're they're always the worst when you're watching the game, thinking there's so many goals in this game, there's so much space. Yeah. Like, get me out there, but uh, yeah. What's worse, coming on in like the 75th minute, and mm. like, well, there's there's three options here. Like, coming on in the 75th minute, and like, you know, you're gonna be blown. You don't get your second wind. Coming on in like the 89th minute, and you know that essentially you you've you've, you've been brought on at that point to waste a bit of time to slow the game yeah. down, or <laughs> Getting sent to warm up in the 85th minute, knowing full well that you're not coming on. Oh, I've had that plenty of times. Um, <laughs> yeah, getting told to warm up when you're not going to come on, hundred percent. But do, do you know you're not coming on? Like, um, yeah, it, it depends. You, you you get a vibe, like you know, you know if the gaffer's looking to bring you on or not. Mm. Um, but yeah, so like I have had a few times where you've been chucked on at sort of eight, nine, ninety, and you're thinking, why? It's sometimes it's a little <laughs> bit token, and you're thinking, I'd rather just not come on at all if it's just a token one. But um, yeah, like coming on at something like the best time to come on at sixty, because yeah. you know you're going to get a full, full yeah. whack. Even if you're coming on at seventy-five and you're blowing, even if you're winning the game one nil and you have been brought on to maybe do a bit of time waste and all that, you still want to play the game. Yeah, yeah. So it's frustrating, you know, even when the ref and you're going, how long's added on? And he's going three minutes and you're you're wanting like seven minutes of added time because it's an extra yeah. four minutes to play. So, um, yeah. It just and how, how, do a, how do appearance bonuses work in that? Because obviously I'm not, I'm not suggesting you've got an appearance bonus, but like for, for yeah. those that do, if you come on as a sub, is that it done? You get your appearance bonus or is it you have to play a certain amount of minutes for things like that? I don't know. Like all my contracts really have never really had that in them i think it's probably I'm, i don't know i'm i'm sure some lads in in league two and the lower leagues have, have had that but i'm mm. guessing it's more yeah the higher you go yeah i'd imagine but the, the the thing about sort of when you you sat there and you're looking at a game and you you know that like if, you said, if it's a bit of a crap game and you're like oh, you don't you don't really can't really see making much of a difference coming on but we had it last week and it, it made me laugh and it, it makes me laugh now looking back at it because at the time, I didn't understand what was happening, and it was I was at Bradford Derby, and I was sat behind the bench, and we played our second string team. Mm. So we had our second keeper in goal, and obviously Harry Lewis, who was the first team keeper, sat on the bench, and our keeper went down injured right near oh, the end of the oh. game, and Alexander turns around, he's like, "Harry, get warmed up." And I've never seen like someone look so flustered. Like yeah. I, I didn't think I was coming on tonight. He had his tracksuit bottoms on and he, like yeah. he just wasn't ready but then the next day he left so it kind of it kind of made sense that like he knew he knew he was going and yeah. i feel like he, he thought he'd done his like checked out yeah, yeah or like he, he felt like he wasn't going to get that opportunity to to say goodbye to the fans yeah, in yeah. a game because he'd, he'd found out before the game that there was the carlisle offer and then it was getting to the end of the game and i think then it was like a Oh, I'm now like complete different frame of mind. How do you do? Yeah, yeah it, it just looking back, it makes me laugh because I'm like, I saw the thing in his face, and he sort of stood up, and as he stood up to, he sort of looked around us as if to say, "For real, like you want me yeah. to warm up?" Like keep, keep his laid on the floor, holding his leg up, and like, yeah, you need to warm up. Um, yeah. 
The noise, so, yeah, makes me laugh. With that, that kind of in mind, that saying goodbye to the fans. So in the at the when you were at Northampton, you were transfer listed with a, a huge chunk of the squad. It sounds yeah. like. Um, but ended up staying and then going out on loan in the yeah. January. How does it, I mean, COVID aside, because that mm-hmm. Newport loan was was very yeah. COVID-y, um, how does it feel, kind of, oh, how does it affect you as a player knowing that you've been transfer listed and, you know, that they're not necessarily bought into your future there? Well, this is quite fun. I was absolutely delighted I got transfer listed. <laughs> um, because I'd been on loan to Cheltenham and mm-hmm. at the end of my loan, uh, Michael Duff sort of called me in and said, like, but we, we want you back. Um, so when you go for your end of season meeting at Northampton, um, you know, just say, yeah, it was good. And basically don't say, like, I loved it and yeah. I'll go back. So as soon as I sat down with Steve Curley, just said, like, look, I'm, I'm going to put you on the transfer list. And I was like, mm-hmm. Okay. And in my head, I was like, get in, like, absolutely buzzing um and he said like look it's nothing personal it's just you're not what i need at the moment and th- that was absolutely fine i just said yeah like fully understand there's no, no bad blood um and so straight away i got out rang my agent and i said like yeah it's um i'm tr- i'm transfer listed so he was like right okay um so then he came back and said right cheltenham we sorted the deal um but my agent just said like look don't go straight into northampton you know, just sort of play the game. And look, I don't know the ins and outs of it, but essentially Northampton just said, like, no, we want we want a fee for him. Um, and no club was willing to do that. Uh, so I was trying to get out. Um, and the, I think the worst part about it was I was going to the manager saying, just let me go, just let me go. And he was saying, I'm happy for you to go. <laughs> but, like, the club won. The club won. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that... I said, like, look, you're just gonna, you're just gonna end up paying me to do, to do nothing. And mm. he was like, look, it's, it, it's not me. But even with Keith Kerr, like, the hardest bit about that was, is I was transfer listed, but they wouldn't let me go. But mm. then on top of that, Keith Kerr, like, I wasn't even, I played no, like, no preseason games with the first team, nothing. Uh, and then the season started, so I just sort of knew where I stood. I just thought, right, I'm, I'm not playing. So I first two league games of the season like literally not in the squad didn't even travel all that and then they had Swansea away on the Tuesday night uh, in the Carabao Cup first round so I sort of drove down Monday morning and said to my family like I'll see you later and they were like oh well you're not in tomorrow and I was like no because they've got a game away so there'll be no training tomorrow they'll be traveling tomorrow so I'll probably get Tuesday Wednesday. I'm Sandra and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. 
Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. And then literally went down and the gaffer named the team and I was starting <laughs> in the number 10. So I've gone from being not even playing in pre-season games, nothing, like not even on the radar to starting in at Swansea away. So it was like, after that, I was like, it, it was just crazy. And I, I featured like a few times for him, to be mm. fair, in that first bit. Um, and then obviously, yeah, in the January, um, went on loan to Newport. What's he, what's he like, Mysterious Curl? Um, that's his, know, that's, I, 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 I love that name for him. Yeah, that that chant's awesome. Yeah. Uh, listen, I, I actually I actually didn't mind him. Um mm. I think he was, you know, he was a, he was a, he was quite a funny funny man to be fair. I even yeah. I even saw him because um, he when he was a Hartlepool manager. Um, yeah. I saw I saw him in the tunnel and yeah, he was he was always uh, he was always funny. He'd always take the mic a little bit. Um, but yeah, I scored I scored that day, so I was uh, I was quite happy about that. But uh, that a little bit a little bit of an incentive. No, a tiny bit, nothing major. It was like like I said, I had nothing. No, no bad blood towards him. Um, it was, it was just, it was just football. I wasn't for him, and that was that. We, we speaking like bad blood. We found out that that's why Barrow, up from last season till this season, haven't lost against Bradford because Pete Wilde's a Man United fan. Yeah. Sorry, sorry, he's, a, he's an Oldham fan. I was going to say, yeah, he's yeah, sorry, he's like an Oldham fan. And Mark Hughes obviously been. Right. United scoring the goal, he, he basically told us. He said, he told us the story. He said after after the game last season, they were in Mark Hughes' office, and like obviously the the the, the assistant temps were like was buzzing because he is a United fan. Yeah, uh, he's getting to meet Mark Hughes, and <laughs> he, he, he said um, he said you know Pete's not happy with you. And Mark was like, what you know what's wrong? He was like, Pete, I'm, a, I'm an old sorry, Mark, I'm an Oldham fan. <laughs> you know, you you ruined my childhood. Um, <laughs> And then he said that Mark Hughes proceeded to sit and talk through the entire game and goal in great detail. He just <laughs> said he had to sit there and listen to it. Um, but he said that gave him an incentive. Like when he's gone there as a manager, yeah, that, that was in the back of his mind. Like, yeah, yeah. Thirty years ago, and he's still there. Oh um, yeah, yeah. You can't have that. I, I agree about Keith Curl. I met him at, um, when he was Hartlepool manager. I went to mm. Crawley last season. Um, and they won two nil, and I, I went down, spoke to him on the pitch afterwards, and he is strange character, but in such a good way. Mm, like yeah. you don't, you don't expect a manager to be. I mean, I, I'm guessing he'll be different when he loses, but I only got to see the winning side. But it was right after his interview, um, where I don't know if you saw it, where he spoke about getting a hat trick. <laughs> oh yeah, I did see that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, so this was like three days later, and I was stood there. I was like, so "Did you get your hat trick, Keith?" And he just sort of looked, and he's like. Gentleman never tells. I'm like, I bet he doesn't. Yeah, um, yeah. Uh, he's. Uh, but he said he got in so much trouble, like when he got home, because right, yeah. he said it obviously yeah. on an interview on the on the radio or something like that. Amazing. Um, so, yeah, but back to so you did a year at Torquay after you left mm. uh, yes. Newport, and then Halifax, where presumably you fell in love with Pete Wilde, and yeah. then followed him to Barrow. Yeah, I've fallen in love with Pete Wilde. So it's, not, it's nothing to be ashamed about. I'm, I'm getting a Pete Wilde tattoo at the end of this season if Barrow go up. That's yeah, actually no, happening, Billy. Yeah. <laughs> oh, um, yeah, no. To be to be fair, like 
yeah, Torquay was just a mad one. That just that was literally just Gary Johnson again because I had nothing. I mean, I I was out of the game from March until October, mm-hmm. and the only thing I had was Gary Johnson because I played with him before, and yeah, all the way down to Torquay that was a bit of a nightmare, but. At the end of that year, all I said was, "Is I just want to be back up north now. I just want to live at home. Like that's all I want." Um, me and my girlfriend were uh, were buying a house, um, and Pete Wilde got in contact, and I thought, "Oh, Halifax, like that's you know not not perfect, but it's it's no. a lot better than Torquay, um, <laughs> in terms of location." And then as soon as I met Pete, I just thought, "Yeah, brilliant!" Like I just thought, "Yeah, class act." everything he was saying um and yeah like as soon as the season started I mean I I got off to a good start and that always helps as a striker like when you you know you're off to a off to a good start and um just even that group everything we did that year mm-hmm. just yeah I fell back in love with football 100% um because yeah and to be honest I think we just blew up we we you know on our day we we were as good as any team in the league I actually felt um and yeah but I mean even in the we played Chesterfield a few weeks before that semi-final mm-hmm. um sorry quarter-final of the playoff and mm-hmm. you know we we we'd beaten them and I was confident going into the game mm-hmm. but then I mean Kean Spence I think had to pull out in in the in the warm-up and like Kieran Green like he was he was struggling he wasn't at 100% so we had just so many players who just weren't a hundred percent and uh yeah that was obviously our our downfall but uh yeah as soon as the season finished obviously i i think we all knew that pete was going to leave um yeah and obviously i was out of contract as well and he'd said to me like look wherever i go i'm i'm gonna look to take you with me um and i didn't know i've got one for you i've got a story for you okay Did did you know that in the february of that season he almost came to Bradford. I do know that. Yeah. Yeah. Because um, yeah. he told me, and I've never been more devastated in my life <laughs> to like to be stood there watch as he's got his barrow tracksuit top, and I'm like, what could have been? What could have been indeed? But just before we move on to Barrow from the end of that season, but. Like mm. I'm born and raised Halifax, so like, mm. I, I live between Bradford and Halifax. Oh um, right. So like I I know what that season meant to Halifax. Like it, it didn't yeah. just like you said you fell in love with football again. It kind of did something to the town as well. Oh, like yeah. the, the impact that it had yeah. on the town was was unbelievable, and it was like everybody was pulling the way. I, I spoke to people, obviously even being a Bradford fan. Like I've got friends that are Halifax fans, and speaking to them about. Like how the team were doing, and I'd watch games when I could, and you know, I'd get to games if I could, and things like that. They were just so. It, it was like, it was weird to see Halifax feel invincible. Yeah, they, they, they kind of felt like that over that season, and it was like, what's going on? And then uh, we we started watching Pete Wilde, and to be fair, like all season we were going, someone's gonna, someone's gonna come in for Pete Wilde, someone's gonna yeah. come in. Turns out it was my club, and we dropped the ball. And he had <laughs> yeah. that three-year plan as well, didn't he? He he was yes. quite vocal about like I you know achieve what I wanted to achieve, and then I yeah. go to Barrow and I start a new plan. Yeah, I think it was uh, I think it was probably the right time for 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 him to move on because I mean, I think he did everything that he could have done. Uh, I mean, the the best thing I don't like, but 
my personal opinion about about Pete Wilder's one of one of his greatest traits is just his recruitment um, with yes. with the budgets that he has. So even that that year that that we did well with Halifax, I mean, we had s- such a such a different sort of like culmination that came together. It was you know like a, players like myself who'd played higher, but then had to like drop down and you know we're out of, out of favour with the game a little bit and then you had lads who coming up and yeah. first starting their career so it was just we just had a bit of everything I think I think it, what we had in that team was just hunger everybody was just wanting to achieve something whether it be you know a, listen the goal was promotion but then other lads wanted to prove themselves and get a move into the league yeah. so everybody was you know wanting to, to achieve something that season and to be honest with you I, like Usually when we lose, if I lose a football match, you know, I'm obviously gutted, but then it's, I get home and I, I like to switch off. I like yeah. out of sight, out of mind. Um, yeah, when we lost, uh, when we lost that against Chesterfield in the playoffs, that was, uh, yeah, that was a tough one to take. So, yeah, yeah but never mind. It's still a great year. It, you know, it was, it was, but I think that that, for me, kind of shows the impact that Pete Wilde had, like you said, about his recruitment and, and things mm. like that and working on smaller budgets because Halifax haven't pushed on from that. And like I think I can't remember who it was that in fact it was it was Nathan Rooney said always he put he put a tweet out last week saying always leave a club in a better position than when you came in. That's that's a manager's job. Yeah. Yeah. And Pete did that, but no yeah. one's been able to sort of take it and kind of run with it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I, I think Millie's done a really good job in terms of, you know, because obviously I've 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 still got a couple few mates at Halifax, and you know I loved it, so yeah, I yeah. always take an interest in it. Um, and Millie got off to a tough start, to be fair, mm-hmm. but it's that transitional stage of losing so many players that you had. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think you know they're they're always in and around it, and you know who knows? I'd love to see him go on a go on a run at the end. I'd of the love season. to have him back. Yeah, I'd, it'd be incredible to get them back in this league. Like, yeah, because it's a really it's, nice stadium as well. Like, I, I, yeah. I love playing it. it. Took them like twenty years to finish that one stand. I still don't think it's <laughs> finished. Um, <laughs> do, do you know the the one that they were building, the the new one? It, right. I'm pretty sure that they started building that in about 2001, maybe oh. even a little bit earlier. Yeah. And it just slowly but surely, like <laughs> every year, they spent that 20 30 grand on it and just did yeah. a little bit more and then but then by the time they'd finished it the other end looked crap so they had to back around <laughs> now it's like a but yeah no it's i like i i love the share um i always want halifax to do well in the cups because mm. i want them to get to the you know the first round of the FA Cup. like i want to see them i want us <laughs> to get to that point where we can play them and like we've yeah. drawn them a couple of times and when we've played them there it's it's a good atmosphere and like a lot of bradford fans don't remember Especially like the newer generation don't remember when Halifax were in the league, but the yeah. older ones do. And yeah. the, the rivalry was horrible yeah, back in imagine, the day. Yeah. Like, you don't realise um, how close you actually are. Well, exa- exactly. And th- this is the thing. And it's like, so my missus is from a, a place in Bradford that she she li- she grew up literally a five-minute drive from the Shea. Right. 25 minutes from Valley Parade. Yeah. But she's from Bradford. And like, yeah. it's, that, it's, it's that close. Yeah. It's like Walsall yeah. and Birmingham. Yeah. Um, they no, are. Don't, don't do that again. <laughs> Walsall and Birmingham. I've, uh, they're, they're practically one. Uh, <laughs> I had to do it. Um, right. So the end of that season comes mm. and Pete goes to Barrow. 
Um, how easy was it for you? Obviously, it's a, it's a step up. From, I'm yeah. guessing that's like, that ticks a big that's a big box for you. But how easy was it for you to just go? I'm going with Pete to, to Barrow. That's that's where I'm going to go. Yeah, it was it it was pretty it was pretty straightforward. Yeah. Um, interestingly, interestingly, dimly enough. Sorry, I really struggled there. Um, <laughs> I was pretty much sorted. I was going to be going with with Peter Barrow, and then um, my agent rang me and said, like, Wrexham are want to chat to you. So I'd spoken to to the gaffer Phil Parkinson on the phone and. I just, I think I'd gone from having that love back for football and I didn't want to lose that again. Um, and obviously, joining Wrexham, I knew my game playing time was probably going to be limited. Mm-hmm. Um, so I stuck with going to Barrow. And um, yeah, it was pretty much, yeah, the, it was just good to be with a manager that I knew, I trusted, um, yeah. and knew that I was more enough pretty much hopefully going to be playing um so yeah it was uh and especially with them training in manchester it meant that you know it was only an hour up the road for training and and even barrow from like door to door from a home wasn't as bad as people thought it was only two two hours 20 because it's simple enough straight up the m6 isn't it so yeah yeah i I actually quite liked barrows uh the, the the training pictures at barrow um I said we were there the other week. Well, I said the other week about, about two months now. We did the crossbar challenge uh, with the Barrow squad. Right. Yeah, that's and, not where we trained last year. Let me tell you. <laughs> well, yeah, I've, I've heard. I've heard. Um, I, I believe that around the Manchester area, there's been some fighting between clubs to get training facilities because Barrow weren't the only one that have had some rough yeah. training facilities. But where they yeah. are now is, I mean, yes, yeah, it's, it's nice it's, setup. It's 4G pitch. It is a nice setup, yeah. um, and it's like. Do you know the one thing I sort of picked up on, and this is like you, you mentioned about like the, the players that Pete brings in and things like that um, when when you were at Halifax, but I don't know what it was like at Barrow last season, but this season it's I've been to a lot of training sessions for different clubs. Mm. I've never been to any training session of a club like that. Like the atmosphere is yeah. just like it, everybody seems to be so sort of in tuned, and that's why. It's like when people say to me they, they can't believe that Barrow are in the position that they are in the league and I'm looking going, I can because absolutely like everything in that club is pulling together. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I genuinely like it's it's good to see and I, I think anybody that knows or has spoken to people at Barrow no they're not shocked. A lot of people that don't really pay much attention are shocked because it's yeah. Barrow. You know, they, yeah. before Pete came in, they finished, I think, 21st in the league. They were almost yeah. relegated. Yeah. Um, I think, was it Phil Brown? It was Phil Brown, wasn't yeah. it? That, yeah. That took him in. Um, well, that was but... the thing. That's why when I was looking to sign for him, I just said, listen, Gaffer, like, you know, I want to stay with you. But if I'm committing to two years, like, yeah. I've had it before, like, talking like Justin Edinburgh, for example, like, I've had it before where mm. I've committed to a club and then the Gaffer gets the sack after five games and, and he just said, look, like, my job's safe. Like, obviously, with the position that we were in, that the club was in last year, mm-hmm. you know, the owners have basically said to me, just just do better than that. And I know that you're going to build something here. Um, so even in that pre-season, I mean, I, I was listening to you do the podcast with Wits and 
that Stockport game was 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 crazy because I mean we had another one where he scored. Is that that one? We, I think we might have mentioned where he scored once. Oh yeah, look, once or twice. Yeah. Look at Hannah there. <laughs> <laughs> she loved it because you know he was a Stockport player nine days yeah. earlier, I believe it was Hannah. But yeah, but that and my daughter crazy. was a mascot, and we told her that she jinxed the season and all sorts. But yeah, <laughs> it was a great game. I remember it fondly. It was it was an incredible. But like I, we all went to Stockport that day, thinking like mm. it's going to be a tough yeah. first game. Um, obviously with the return to the football league and all that, because it was old. There were loads yeah. of cameras and all that, weren't there? And the gaffer had literally got the the. Uh, like betting odds table and he said look at that their favorites go up and your favorites to go down yeah he said so it's arguably the best team in the league playing the worst team in the league based on you know yeah yeah, stats yeah. and all that and he said so just go out there and just play your game and what was it three nil up after 30 yeah. minutes and i think even like like what like josh gordon score that was like and don't get me wrong it was a great goal and it was like can't believe we won up here. And then Wits goes through scores. And it was like, oh my days, we're 2 0 up. And then I scored and it was like 3 0. And I looked at the clock and it was like 31 minutes or something like that. And I thought, this is crazy. We're 3 0 up at Stockport. I mean, it was just a. But I think after that, it just gave us the confidence to go, listen, we're a good team. Um, so, and obviously they've kicked on again this season. Did he put the odds up a week later when Bradford came to Barrow? Yeah. yeah, did it, I, I, did it I, every single game. Yeah, had it like every single time we did analysis before the game. That was like the the last slide, and he said like I'm I'm gonna keep getting up because I want I don't want you to forget. And, so, and yeah, Crawley have done something similar this season. In because, be those. <laughs> yeah, because we we and, we, we uh, did it. Me and Hannah didn't do this. I don't do had, league predictions. Had suggested that Crawley might be favourites to go down, and so um, he was putting them up every week, like in the changing room. Yeah, and he did a press conference. Did yeah. Scott Lindsay about he he mentioned by name in his press conference that we had predicted them to go down, and then we're like, "Well, you're welcome." You know, we've spurred yeah. you on this season. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They were like, seconds, I think. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, it was. It was. It's it's weird. It's mad how that can just be such a psychological advantage to just switch it on. Oh, um, yeah. yeah. So, did you? I mean, being being brutally honest, I know you said like you went to Stockport, and it's like oh, these are favourites to go up, and it's like, how's this game going to go? Did you, as a squad, have any idea that you could have the start that you had last season? Because that start of last season was just yeah, like no one saw it coming. No, I, no. I, to be honest with you, I don't. I don't think we did it. Like, because obviously we were a team that, you know, we knew what we were and we knew the players that we had, and we had good players. Don't get me wrong, but obviously you're looking at a lot of other teams in the league, their budgets, etc. Um, but after we, you know, beat Bradford, beat Stockport, you know, we it was like it was a big, big, big plus for us and. I think after that we just struggled. I mean, we had a great start, and then it was Stevenage on a Friday, and we lost five nil against them. And then I think we had a really poor December going into January, um, and that's when we really dropped off it. And then we sort of kicked on again, and then dropped off. So it was like it was a bit of a. I don't think we ever like really fully kicked on after the start that we had. What? 
when you're having the sort of season that you're having at, at Barrow, and obviously everything just seems to kind of be going right. I know you have like every team has a blip, every team has that sort of point mm. in the season where things don't go too well. Stockport always have it in the first ten games of the season. <laughs> it's it's bizarre. First ten yeah. games of the season, stop. You can you can pretty and much then around you, Christmas, January normally. Yeah, mm. yeah. They always have these the, the same times every season, but when you end up in a position where a club like Wrexham comes in, and obviously mm. we all know what's happening at Wrexham, and it's like I I said the other sorry, day. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Emmy Emmy winning documentary. Welcome <laughs> to Wrexham, Wrexham. Not to be associated with the other Wrexham team no. that has been trying to get money off the tape brothers and then refunding them. Not FC to be, United not to be, of Wrexham. FC United of Wrexham. It's not them. Uh, we've mm-hmm. got to make sure people know that because people didn't know that. Um, so w- yeah, when a team like Wrexham comes in, even though you know you're having that season mm. at Barrow, how hard is it to kind of go? No, I'm not interested. Like that's that's a, that's essentially even though you know we know Wrexham are coming up, but yeah. it is a step back to then leap forward. Like, how hard is it to sort of ignore that? Like for you, was it just a case of like, I can't really? I've, I've got to make this this step. This is too big an opportunity to miss. Yeah, it was. I mean, it, I didn't have a lot of time to think about it. It happened so fast. Um, I think my agent rang me on a Thursday and just said, "Like, look, Wrexham have been on to me with a bit of interest." So I just said, "I was a bit confused." I said, "What for summer?" And he went, "No, for now." And I said, "What do you mean for now?" Um, and he was like, "Look, that's that's basically what they've said." And then I honestly, genuinely, like, didn't think much of it. We had a game Saturday. I had a day off Sunday, went in Monday. And then um, I think I might have messaged my agent and just said, like, oh, like, did anything end up happening with that? And then he rang me Tuesday night at about six o'clock in the evening and just said, like, listen, Wrexham have, have, have come in. Like, do you want to do it? And I just went into, like, freeze mode. I was like, what? Like, what's, what What do you mean? Like, because I'd literally just left, left training with Barrow that day, happy mm. to then... Wrexham have come in for you, so I just said like, look, the well, it depends on Barrow. Like, if Barrow willing to let me go, and it was like a bit of back and forth, um, and Barrow just like were willing to let me go, basically, which I didn't think that they would. Mm-hmm. Um, so as soon as I sort of heard like, yeah, they're, you know, they're willing to, to to let you go, I just said, all right, let's get it sorted then, because, I mean, I think looking at it the Wrexham, like everything that comes with it, um, the fact it was on my doorstep, it just ticks so many boxes, really. Um, and yeah, I just thought I can't, it was it was literally one of them where I thought I can't turn this down. Um, on a two and a half year deal as well. So yeah, it was literally just happened like that. And then by Wednesday, sort of five o'clock, I was, I was signed and uh, I was gone. And that um, everything that goes with a move to Wrexham is mm. that was that a positive or a oh yeah, or a concern? Yeah, no, it was a positive because even I mean I I played with Ben Tozer at Cheltenham, um, mm-hmm. and he rang me and he just said like, mate, you've you've got to come. He was like, the things that are happening at this club, like you just you've just got to experience it. Like it's it's just it's class. So. You know that 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 convinced me a, a, a lot as well, um, and yeah, like looking back, it was 
I know that some football fans may look at it and and go like, what a terrible decision, you know, you didn't even play there. I, I, listen, I understand all of that, um, but in terms of like the experience of it all, and and it's you know, it's definitely worth it, and it's and it's such a, a fantastic club, you know, right from the right from the top to the bottom. Did you get to go to Vegas? Yeah. Totally worth it. That's what I mean. So it's like it was like things like that because obviously I I hadn't featured. Um, you know the boys were on fire, and there's obviously only five on the bench in the national league. Um, and the gaffer, uh, credit to him, brought me on against Torquay just to, you know, say, you know, because I I went in with a with a good attitude and trying to be as positive as I could around the place and. Mm-hmm. I think when the boys got promotion, it was like I felt like like I hadn't achieved the promotion, so yeah. it was like tough for me to you know I mean even in the celebrations like I didn't want to be front I was sort of in the back and I yeah, you know yeah. sort of like clapping them <laughs> and a lot of them were going well, you do get yourself involved I was like no you know I'm not what what did I do but they were like you're part of the team and that there's such a good group of lads there like and everybody said that and I went in and straight away it, it was um so yeah to go from that to then yeah you go in Vegas it was like yeah this is this is class <laughs> a bit different <laughs> yeah so when you yeah. get there and you're doing your press who's with you who's also coming in oh right yeah so uh so I signed on the Wednesday and then Thursday I walk into the to the dressing room so I'm meeting a few of the lads um and then next minute somebody just comes balling in and goes oi signing Ben Foster all the boys are like nah no we're not no we're not so the cameras are in there and all that so uh yeah my limelight was uh was definitely uh taken away from me that day by a, a certain Ben Foster it's all right because Ben Foster's limelight was taken away by Jake Young, so, and I'll, I'll never, I'll never let that go. I'm so, like, it was just, it was so, so good. That, not, I don't want to say it was good because, like, but like, obviously he'd retired before he'd come out and he'd done his job. To be brutally honest, he'd done his job. His oh, job was to, yeah, yeah. yeah his, his job was to, to, to be that keeper that could get you guys promoted. Well, even, out, even out that, you look back at it and it's like, you know, you sign certain players for certain moments and, you know, that penalty save against Notts yeah. County was arguably, you know, could have mm-hmm. saved that, 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 that took us up. So, um, yeah, it was, uh, yeah, it, it was a great signing. Yeah. And I think in fairness to him, you know, he, he, was, a, he was a brilliant guy. I mean, I roomed with him in Vegas um, and he was just, he was brilliant. Like, such a, such a lovely guy. Can you imagine he don't shut up? No, he's dead chilled. Is right. it? I see. I've yeah, got the yeah. impression that he's he's just he's a hundred man. I've got an and like I've, yeah. I've got no room at all because I am. Yeah. Um, but I'd book my own room and just be on my own. Me. Um, mm-hmm. I can just imagine that he's like a hundred mile an hour and just very, like, uh, yeah, a bit like a Yorkshire Terrier, like just constantly wanting to go and look at stuff and like oh. Well, maybe that's and... <laughs> a, maybe that's a like a media persona for his podcast yeah. and all that stuff, and then you know. Yeah, I did find it a bit mad, like when he was because he had his GoPro showing like, uh, like the pre-match food and stuff like that. And I mean, I think if any other player comes in and starts doing that, they get they're getting bantered for it. But everybody was just like, ah, just follow him to it. Yeah. So um, nah, yeah, he was a nah dead chill, dead chill guy. I mean, like this is how chilled he was. The first game that he played, I was like, ah. 
excited for the game, like, good to be back. And he was like, yeah, but it's been that long. I've not got the shin pads. And obviously, <laughs> I was in the dressing room and I, because I joined so quickly from Barrow, all my shin pads and all that and my boots were still at Barrow. So I had to, I was on a spare pair of boots that I had, but I had no shin pads. So I had to drive to Crew Retail Park on the Friday, buy <laughs> some shin pads just in case. And then, so I've, I've got my new shin pads. I wasn't in the squad. So as soon as Foz said that, I went, do you want to borrow mine? And he went, oh, that'd be class, Matt. Cheers. So I've oh. given shin pads. And then we won. So then I was like, I can't ask Ben Foster for my shin pads back. <laughs> I had to go back to the retail park on the Monday <laughs> by the exact same pair of shin pads. Um, did you, yeah, did you ever get it, them back? No, I think he wore them for the, for the rest of the season. Um, you were lucky get then. Get them yeah. back. Get them, get them on eBay. Get them signed. Yes. Get them on eBay. <laughs> Yeah, I think I asked him. I think he said he's lost them, so I was just like, yeah. Oh. Hey, no worries, mate. No, no problem. So from Ben Foster and Wrexham to Donny, mm. change of uh, scenery again, but presumably you'll be looking towards regular football. Yeah, 100%. Um, so Yeah, so so like I was saying before, the main, the main focus for me when I did sign for Wrexham was just, you know, I was going to be at home with my mm-hmm. girlfriend um, because obviously with the clubs I've played for in the past, I've just been all over. Yeah. Um, so it was mainly about just being happy inside and outside of football and just finding that balance. Um, so even when January came, I thought I'm not moving away again. I'm not, mm-hmm. I'm not doing that. Um, I say to you, obviously sat in a hotel room now, but <laughs> that was the thing. As soon as, as soon as my agent rang and said, Doncaster a uh, uh, wanting you. I just thought, yeah, Donny's a brilliant club, um, a big club, and um, yeah, I wanted I, I wanted to do it. Um, Bigger than Walpole, would you say? <laughs> oh no! Don't put him on the spot. Do not put him on that. Spot. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, as soon as I just had that hunger to to go out and play. Um, because obviously not making the squad for Wrexham, it's been, you know, it's been bittersweet. It's been nice to have weekends, some weekends off, um, which I've never really had. And you never had that in football, really. Um, so that's been quite nice. And then I didn't know how I'd feel when I got to January, whether I'd be desperate to get out or what. But as I said, like Wrexham, it's such a good club to be at. You know, I was going in every day. I was still training and. I was enjoying training, so I was just trying to keep myself sharp. And I thought, listen, if the right club comes up, then I'll go for it. Uh, and as soon as I heard Doncaster, I thought, yeah, that's the right club, and I'm going for it. What What do you want out of the next four months? Well, the biggest one is to to play football and, and mm-hmm. start scoring goals. Um, and also not Saturday, just... please. <laughs> or, ne- or next Saturday that would be yeah. great if you just like take a little while to find your feet that'd, that'd be yeah. excellent yeah. Leave, uh, your, leave your boots at Wrexham <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah to, to, to play well to score goals and to you know just, just, just to be part of something um, and, and, and hopefully you know shoot up the league um, I think that's that's probably the biggest one for me is because I've come in and already it's such a good group and you know, I really like the gaffer and the assistant. The staff seem seem really good from from top to bottom. So, you know, I think we owe it owe it to the fans really to to start climbing the league. How has he? How does he sell the 
club to you when you're when they're in the position that they're in? Is it you know because it's not it's it's not gone way that we we predict. Well, I don't generally do league predictions, but yeah, I expected Donny to be pushing top three this season, and things yeah. just haven't happened. But yeah, that conversation, he's got a hard sell there. Yeah, I think it, 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 to be fair, it wasn't really a hard sell for me um, because I'd obviously I'd heard of the gaffer before. I've had players who have played under him and they've always spoken really highly of him. Um, so that was a big one. Um, because also with a loan, you know, I didn't want, sometimes it's better the devil you know, and I thought, even if I'm not playing at Wrexham, at least I'm happy. Um, and I don't want to be going on loan to a club, you know, living away from home, let's say, and be miserable there and not enjoying it. So as soon as I looked at the club, I looked at the gaffer, uh, to be fair, I, I know a few of the lads here, but one of my best mates, Jack Seniors at the club. So that helped. And I spoke to him and he said, you'll love it here. Um, so I sort of did my homework on it, um, and also like looking at looking at that table, like I thought, well, Donny aren't like you said they they shouldn't be there in the league, um, and I just thought, well, like part of the motivation to go there was to have that impact and try and be part of something that fires them back up the league and get them to where they where they should be. Just just again. To repeat, not on Saturday. Um, <laughs> in a completely, in a completely unrelated, uh, completely unrelated, and in no way threatening way. Have you ever been two footed by a chicken? Um, because, because, because there's there's an angry chicken that hangs around Bradford, and if you score on Saturday, I can't, I can't make any. Pro- to be fair, there'll be Donny fans trying to fight that chicken regardless. Um, <laughs> oh yeah, I don't worry about that. No, do you know what? It's 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 like a, a I say a way. It's, it's, and we, we find it doing this, like, we support our clubs. Mm. There's rivalry on a match day between three and five. Like, that's it. Like, that's mm. it. It's, my, it's my club. But yes. like, when it's over, it's it's just, like, when we get back to this, it's and people think that everything that we do is kind of based on what our feelings are to our, towards our clubs. And it, it really isn't. Like, I don't give my yeah. club much of a thought when I'm doing things like this because I just yeah. think I'd be, you'd be so you'd be so one-track-minded and... Yeah, like wouldn't enjoy interviewing players from other clubs in the league that you, you think are going to come in and do well. Like it'd be, mm. I'd be, I'd be pissed off. Um, <laughs> so yeah, I mean that, that easy sell them for you, easy sell for, for McCann then to to mm. bring you in. What's it been like? How how have you settled in? Have you settled in quite easily? Um, and obviously you're in a hotel. Um, I mean, no, Ben Foster's not laid in the bed behind. Uh, no, we literally we left. I told him to get out because obviously I was on the podcast. <laughs> yeah, get get down, get some shin pads. Uh, you yeah, yeah, he's just popped down to the retail party. Just back soon. <laughs> um, no, uh, yeah, no, I've I've settled in already. So first day I went in and just got the got a good vibe straight away. Um, all the lads here seemed class and even like to be to be honest, I don't think I've ever been to Doncaster's ground and won. I've always been beaten there, so I've not had great as as nice a stadium as it is i've never had great memories there mm-hmm. uh so actually to actually walk out in a doncaster shirt and and play saturday was a was a great feeling and yeah it just felt so good to be uh to be back out on a pitch and and, and playing um so uh yeah i've 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 only been here a week but uh yeah i'm, I'm loving it already do you feel like you're uh you're already up to speed. Do you feel, is, does it does it take time to find your feet when because it, it's different, I suppose, joining a club in pre-season when you've yeah. got that time. 
when you're in and it's the middle of the season, it's like you, you don't really have much chance to think, like, how do those two scenarios pan out? Like, how do you prepare differently for them? Yeah, I think, like, I think because I've had a few loans in January in the past, mm-hmm. it, obviously you gain more experience from, from each loan. And I think the biggest one is to, I mean, in terms of football being up to speed, um, yeah, that, that, that comes the more games you play and, yeah, everybody knows that. But then in terms of the, the biggest one is, is, like you said, it's settling into a club, you know, getting on with the lads and because it takes a bit of time to, to fully come out come out of your shell, if you will, because um, you can't just go into a club and just start peeing all lively because lads are just going to think, who's he? Do you know what I mean? I so, in January as well, there's you don't have a pre-season. Mm. There's, you know, they've looked like Paul's gone to Warsaw. There's, you know, other movement and there will be other movement. I guess that um, kind of requirement to get up to speed's a lot quicker. You don't have that kind of bedding in as well. No, exactly. Yeah. Um, but sometimes it's sometimes it's quite nice. Like I know, it sounds a bit crazy, but sometimes I like it's quite nice to be outside out your comfort zone and yeah. you know and yeah, yeah. and do do that. Um, because, like I said, even when I was saying with a loan, it's got to be the right loan for me. Um, I I probably needed it for myself just to just to get out there and experience something different. And even something as small as staying up here a couple of nights a week is like it's different to what I've been doing for the past two years. It almost feels like when I was younger doing it again. So um, yeah, it's uh, it's definitely a positive. I'm excited for you. No, oh, thank you. Can I just uh, like when you've not played for so for for like a, a consistent a consistent amount of time, and then mm. you come back in and you're sort of thrown in at the deep end, like you've got to get in, get going. Do you do you feel like a little bit fragile in like your physical self because you've not had that sort of actual match experience as much? Do you, do you feel like Christ? I don't know what's going to happen if I get clattered here. Am I am I am I as fit as I feel like I am? Or uh, yeah, I don't think about the clattering. You definitely think about the fitness. I think for me, because I've always been quite an instinctive player, obviously the, you, you gain more instinct the more you play football. Um, and even in training, which I've been doing since I've at Wrexham, it's like training's completely different to playing an 11 v 11. Um, so Saturday, in fairness, I was like, you know, a few doubts, like, am, am I ready for this? Like, am I going to be up to speed? And but I actually felt a lot sharper than than I thought I would, um, and I think the biggest part of it was just I was just enjoying it, um, just being yeah. back out there. So it was like, and then as soon as you get into that mindset, it's you just, just come back, just play the game, you just play the game. The muscle memory. Um, yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, the fitness side of it. I mean, you can be the fittest person in the world doing running, but nothing prepares you for, for an actual game of football so that's the only way to gain you know your full full match fitness back yeah well i wish you luck at doncaster as of oh, 5 p.m yeah. this saturday um, <laughs> the look the look starts we can't, there we can't delay our good wishes i, I, I can I'm, and i will hannah i can and i will <laughs> i will message him at 5 p.m on saturday so good luck good luck for the good rest, luck of, the rest of the season yeah <laughs> if i have a jet yeah. away day at doncaster next week I'd be like well i don't know <laughs> yeah, there'll be tears for, for most likely for me. Uh, yeah, it's yeah, it just it always seems to be the case. It never goes my way. Um, so yeah, you, you'll probably get crying emojis at five pm on Saturday. But <laughs> you, you get you're getting some anyway. Um, well, look, 
honestly, thank you so much for doing this. It's been it's been great and not a problem. Thank you it, for having it me. Sort of came about so fast because like I sent the message off to your agent and he, he came back quite quick and I was like, Oh, I'll just drop him a follow and then it was like mm. it just all it happened, which is awesome because it you know, especially the transfer window as well, it's 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 hard for people who are adjusting and moves and things like that. So yeah, no, thank you so much and No, no, it's absolutely fine. Thank you for having me. We'll do this, again. We'll, we'll do this again at some stage. Um no. when uh when Donny have climbed up the table, mm. um, hopefully not above us, um, <laughs> hopefully above Stockport, um, that would be a real one, wouldn't it? And, uh, I might opt out of that one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Hannah, Hannah won't show up for that one. Um, no, she, she really won't show up for that one. There's, there's another one, I can't remember what it was we were talking about the other day, that Hannah's also said that she won't show up for. Oh, no, no, uh, it was the Romeo Hudson one. Yeah, we're talking about trying try to get Romeo Hudson on after what's happened this week and Hannah's not wanted to really be on that one but it'll be oh, he's, uh, he's just gone to Gillingham hasn't he? yeah so yeah. <laughs> so I mean, do you know what? We'll, we'll wrap up and then I'll, I'll tell you what's what's happened and it's, <laughs> it's amazing um, right. so guys honestly thank you very much for everyone who's tuned in and watched Donny fans I hope you're excited Um, you're going to get to see him this Saturday against Bradford and next Saturday against Stockport which I don't know why I, look, I hate it it mirrors it I love that way for Hannah that way. <laughs> um, but guys thank you so much and uh yeah, we'll see you next time. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.